we're continuing in our series that we started two weeks ago, and it's called Summer in the Psalms. And really what we're doing during this series is we are looking at the book of Psalms. And if you're not familiar, the Psalms were originally prayers, they were songs, they were poems that the Israelites wrote to express what they were feeling to God. And now, through the gift of the Holy Bible, through Scripture, God has given them back to us as a way to help us become His people and express ourselves to God as well. And as you'll see as we go through these different weeks, the Psalms, they express all sorts of different emotions. They express thanksgiving, they express anger, they express disappointment. They express all sorts of different things, but one of the most common types of Psalms are Psalms of Praise. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're actually going to be looking at the very first psalm of praise, and that is Psalm 8, a psalm written by David. And so because these psalms were originally written to be be sung in worship, they've been prayed communally for thousands of years now, uh, what I want us to do this morning is to read Psalm 8 out loud together. And so it's going to be here behind me on the screen, or if you look in your bulletin, it's printed there as we're going to read it as well. So would you read this with me? Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. I don't know about you, but when I hear that line and I read this psalm, I tend to think, you know, I know David had never been to the Gulf Coast. David had never visited the beaches of Florida. He'd never been to Orange Beach in Alabama. But I imagine David watching a sunset over the beach there and then laying down on the beach and watching the stars and then writing out this psalm as he takes in all of the beauty of nature. And I tend to think that because whenever I'm at the beach, this is kind of what I feel. These words of praise are what well up within me. I mean, that's what happened when Emily and I, we went down to the Gulf Coast on spring break for the very first time I'd been on vacation there. And so each day we would, we would ride bikes, we'd, we'd go swimming in the ocean, we'd go to the pool, we, we'd just stroll in the evening in the, in the beautiful setting, taking it all in. And so we would notice, we would notice the animals, the fish, we would notice the birds, we would look at the sunrises and the sunsets. One day it was, there was a storm coming in and so we just watched as it came in. And then in the evenings, you know, the light begins to change about like four or five o'clock as it turns golden on the beach and you know it's time to come in. I mean, as we were there at the beach, we were taking in all of this natural beauty and it led me to praise God like David does here. To just say, God, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. It made me consider the works of his hands, the sea, the sun, the stars, 
all of creation that he had created. It led me to praise, and then I got home. And do you know that feeling you have like the day after vacation? Yeah? Maybe y'all don't. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The pit in your stomach? Where you're like, oh, I'm back. Preachers get that too, okay? So I started doing my normal routine. Wake up, take my dog Henry on a walk around the neighborhood. So it was beautiful day, taking him on a walk. I do what I always do. You know, I have my phone in my hand. And so while he's walking, enjoying nature, I'm just, I'm just scrolling through, seeing what all has happened while I'm gone, what I'm supposed to be outraged about today. And I'm seeing pictures of people's vacations and I'm already getting jealous again because they're still at the beach. I'm not anymore. And then I'm, th- I'm seeing all the problems going on in the world and in the community. And with every step as I'm walking Henry that morning, I- I'm just thinking, man, There are so many problems. There are so many issues. The stress is beginning to grow. I just kept thinking about my to-do list, and I'm like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. Easter's coming up. We've got a lot to do. And so all of this is just churning in my mind, and I think, you know what? I wish I was back at the beach. And what's interesting about that thought is that that morning and the morning before on the Gulf, the only difference in the two days was really about 24 hours and 300 miles. Because the sun was still shining. It was still a gorgeous day. The animals were out and about. The temperature was very nice. But now, in that moment, instead of praising God like I had done the day before when I was walking around, now I was focused on all of my problems. And that shift happened pretty quickly. That shift from praising God to instead being focused on all of the problems going on in my life and in the world. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that that shift and how it happens. I mean, maybe for some of you it happens on Sunday morning. You come in here and you're praising God. Maybe you're you're expressing yourself through, through clapping or raising a hand. You love the songs because it just puts the words that are in your heart um, out loud. Maybe, maybe it's, it's through giving. You know, you feel overwhelmed with gratitude, so you're like, okay, I'm going to give. Maybe during the sermon, as you hear God's word, you're thinking, wow, God, your grace is amazing and it's overwhelming. And then you, you go out and you're like, wow, this is a great day. I, I'm praising God. I've started my day off right. And then you just drive over to South Point and you go to lunch, and there's a long line at lunch. And then the waiter takes forever to come to your table. The food is kind of cold. They get the receipt wrong, and, and then you get in your car, and the kids are fighting over a tablet in the back seat, and all of a sudden, you're, you're just, you're, you were praising God 30 minutes before, and now you're thinking, there are so many issues, and your praise has kind of dissipated and disappeared. I mean, students, I know this probably happened to you this week. I mean, at camp, we were praising God in the morning singing, worshiping, and then in the evening before we went to bed, we would worship and we would praise God. And then, you know, we're down there at the beach, it's beautiful, and then you come home and it's like, hey, guess what? Summer reading, you gotta do it. Hey, guess what? It's Henry County. That means there's like five days left of summer, right? Because it's July. You start thinking, okay, middle school, that's gonna be a big shift. You start focusing on all these problems when, when just a day before you were praising God. And kids, I've seen it with you too. I've seen it with you kids. You're back in the back of Miss Tammy worshiping in the house. 
growing closer to Christ and other people. And, and then when you come out into the lobby, you're crying because your parents are mean because they won't let your friend come over and spend the night at your house or, or come over and swim that day. It's so easy for us to make this shift from praising God in one moment to focusing on our problems in the next moment. So what, what do we do about it? I mean, how do we make the shift back from instead of focusing on our problems to praising God? How do we say not how big are our problems, but how big is our God? How do we make that shift? I think this psalm helps point us to the way forward. Because David in the psalm, I mean, he is praising God exuberantly. And in this very first psalm of praise, we find the secret to a life to praise. We find what leads to praise. And what we find here in this psalm, in this very first psalm of praise, Psalm 8, is that wonder gives way to praise. Wonder gives way to praise. And now wonder isn't a word that we use a lot. It's not something that we actually do every day. But to wonder means to simply be filled with amazement, to be filled with awe, to be filled with admiration. It means to look at something or think about something and to have this, this feeling of marveling at something and thinking how amazing that thing is. That's what wonder is. And the interesting thing about wonder is that you know, a lot of things maybe that we grow in them as we grow older, but wonder is one of those things that as we grow older, our wonder tends to decrease. Instead of growing with us, it tends to go away. I mean, you know how this is with, with little kids. They're full of wonder. I, mean, I don't know about you or your kids, but when I was a kid, I was curious about everything going on. And so I would see an anthill and I would just stomp on it so all the ants would run around and I would watch them. You know, I was like, wow, that's amazing. You have kids, and outside they notice the animals. They're curious. I mean, I love seeing kids, you know, in a mom's arms, and they point up in the sky, and they see an airplane, and they're like, that's crazy that humans are flying in an airplane like birds. I mean, kids are naturally full of wonder and awe and amazement, and so they ask wonder-filled questions. I mean, they're like, Mom... Where do babies come from? Dad, why is your hair turning gray like all the other old men at church? Kids are filled with awe, this amazement and this curiosity. But we as adults, so often as we get older, our wonder just fades and we just begin to think everything's normal. Everything's routine and it is what it is. Yeah, it's an airplane. Good. We don't even think about it. We just go throughout our lives focused on everything else, thinking about our problems, the things we've labeled priorities. And instead of being filled with wonder, we're filled with worry. But David in the psalm, he, he points out to us that as we wonder, as we wonder about the things of God, it gives way to praise. I mean, just notice in this psalm, all of the language concerning nature and all that God has created. I mean, if you have a pen, you can, just, you can just get in your bulletin and start circling all of the words that have to do with the natural created world in Psalm 8. I mean, you'll find the heavens. 
the moon, the stars, the flocks, the herds, the birds, the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that God has created. And as David looks out at all of that, as he focuses on that, he marvels at it. He's standing in awe and he says, how great is our God? Our God is amazing. And as he experiences that wonder, it leads him to praise God. And most of us at some point in our time, in our lives, we, we felt that same thing. We've stood back, we've looked at creation, and we have just marveled at what God has made. I mean, maybe for you that, that's when you just see a sunset or a sunrise. Maybe it's when you, when you go to the Smokies and you see the fog just kind of coming over the mountains and resting in the valleys and then lifting with the morning. I know some of you here, I've never been, but some of you have been to the Grand Canyon and you've stood at the edge at that wonder of the world and said, wow, God, you're amazing. For me, the thing that, that really makes me wonder and leads me to praise God is when I look up at the stars. That's, that's the one place I, I can look up anytime and I'm just filled with amazement and awe. And in seventh grade, one of my teachers gave me like one of the best school assignments that I've ever had. It was super simple, but it was unforgettable and it made an impact on me forever. And, and my seventh grade teacher, science teacher, the assignment from her was to simply go outside every single night for 30 days, lay under the stars for 15 minutes, and keep a journal. And so there in Conyers, I would just lay in my front yard. I would lay in my front yard and I would just look up at the stars. And you know, back then, I mean, now they have like apps where you can just like move them with the sky, but we had a little star chart. And so I would look at the different constellations and I would see Orion's belt. I would see his sword. I, I would see all these different stars. I would see planets. Every once in a while, I'd see a shooting star. And if you're, you're really still, you can start to see satellites going over you in the sky. And so every night I, I would just write down the different things I saw and I'd go at different times and notice that at different times there were different stars. As the season changed, so did the sky. And I just sat back in awe of God. It was a beautiful thing. And now I'm not able to do that as well because I have a street light in my front yard and I have trees in my backyard. So instead I do what a lot of the younger generations do I just go on YouTube and look at stars. <laughs> so I have this thing I love to do, and it is to go on YouTube and to look at time-lapse videos. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. But the way they work is photographers, which I love photography, they set up a camera, and they take a picture about every 30 seconds or every minute, and then they stitch them together in a movie. And whenever I watch one of these, I, I just sit back in awe. And so I want to show you a very short one that was filmed in Maryland, just so you can get a taste of this and so that you can see what God has created. So watch this. I mean, that's a short example, but isn't that amazing? Yes. That's amazing. You can go on, you can watch it. They have hours, 
hours of these. You can watch them from all over the world. But whenever I watch one of these, I just stand back in awe. They lead me to wonder and then to praise. And that's what David does. As he looks out at creation, it leads him to praise. But David doesn't stop there. He doesn't just stop with looking out at the created world. If you notice in the psalm, he continues. And what also leads him to praise is when he wonders about the fact that God not only created the world, but he created us. And he cares for us. Here's what he says, verses three through six. He says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. As David looks out at the stars, the sun, and the moon in the created world, that not only leads him to experience awe and to praise God, but he also begins to think the God that created all of this also created me. The God that created all of this, the God of the cosmos, the God that created the universe and the Milky Way also created all of humanity. And not only did God create us, but God cares about us. And he looks back to Genesis when in the beginning God created humanity as the apex of creation and God also gave humanity a mission to care for that creation. And so as he looks at this, he says, God, you, you, you care about us. You've given us responsibility. God, this is amazing. And like David, I've often sat under the stars or just looked out at a sunset and thought, the God of the universe created me? The God of the universe created you. The God of the universe knows me. The God of the universe, he knows you. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. The same God that created the cosmos created us and cares about us. I mean, for me, it makes me feel very small and yet very important at the same time that God created us and cares about us. It leads David and it should lead us to amazement. But what's even more amazing than that is something that David could only look forward to. It's something that the people who read and prayed the Psalms for many, many years hoped for. What's even more amazing than that is that in the fullness of time, after humanity who God had created said, hey, you know what, God, thanks for creating us. We're gonna turn our backs on you. After humanity said, you know what, God, I'm not going to care for creation. I'm not going to care for other people. And I really don't care about you or anything you have to say about my life. After humanity broke the relationship with God and said, God, we're going to do whatever we want. We don't care who you are. God, instead of abandoning humanity, ran after humanity. God chased us. And in the fullness of time, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live, to die, and to rise again for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could experience new life, so that we could experience eternity with him and restored relationships with him and with one another. And so when we step back and we think that the God of the world created us and cares about us so much that when we sinned, 
When we said, God, we don't care about you anymore, God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. That should lead us to amazement. That should lead us to praise. It should lead us to sing. It should lead us to dance. And yet, so often it doesn't. So often I don't praise God. So often we don't praise God. Instead, we focus on the problems all around us, the things that we call our priorities. We just respond to everything that comes our way. And instead of wondering about the amazing grace of God, we worry. But if wonder is the way to praise, then maybe we need to do more of that in our lives. And maybe if we began to wonder more about God's creation of the world, about God's care for us and the fact that he created us, if we begin to wonder and stand in awe that the God of the universe gave his one and only son for us, as we begin to wonder about those things, praise will well up in our hearts it will grow, and instead of focusing on how big our problems are, we will focus on how big and how great our God is. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you as individuals and as a family to three simple things that if you do them, I think it will help create a sense of wonder in your hearts and in turn will lead you to praise God more in your everyday life. And so these three things, I invite you to write them down. I challenge you to talk as a family and find ways to do these this week or do them on your own. And they're not complicated. They're not long. The first one is to simply go outside. You know, I I think two things that have really taken away praise in a lot of our hearts are air conditioner and our cell phones. Because when it's so hot, we just sit inside. And like me, when I'm walking my dog, I'm just focused on the screen instead of everything around me. So I want to encourage you this week to simply just, just go outside. Leave your devices on a table and just go watch a sunset. Go watch the lightning bugs and listen to the sounds. Go look for animals and just marvel at God's creation. I tried to practice what I preached last night. I went on a walk at a park not too far from my house. And in a 30-minute walk, I saw three deer running right across my path. Go outside. Begin to take time to see the beauty that God has made and notice these different things. And that sense of wonder will grow inside of you. That's the first thing. Just, just go outside. The second thing is to just slow down. Slow down. And this is something I I struggle with. But one of the reasons why when we're on vacation that we feel more grateful and more praise towards God is because we're not moving as quickly as we do in our everyday lives. It's because we're taking time to notice what God has created, to think about what, what God has done, to think about all of the good things in our lives. And Dallas Willard, who is one of the great Christian writers of the the 21st century, he said this. 
He said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, for it is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, for it is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. And I believe this to be true. That when we slow down, we start noticing other people. We start noticing how God is at work in our lives. We start seeing how God might want to use us. When we slow down and we really give time to God to think about who he is and what he's done, it leads us to praise. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is very simple as well. It's simply to express your emotions to God. Express your emotions. That's what the Psalms are. They're simply people feeling something in their hearts and then putting it down on paper and expressing it to God. Because it's not enough to just feel praise in our hearts or to feel gratitude in our hearts. We need to express it. We need to let it out. And there are many ways to give praise. I mean, you can give praise through prayer, through singing, through dancing, through, through giving, through laughing, through creating, through taking pictures, to writing poetry. There are so many different ways to praise because we were all uniquely created by God. And we all uniquely praise God. So figure out what that is for you. Try something new. Be like David before the Lord. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to turn on a worship song on YouTube and just dance around your, your bedroom today. Express your emotions to God. We were created for a relationship with the God of the universe. He didn't have to create us. He chose to create us because he loves us. And he wants a relationship with us now and forever. You know, David probably had no idea how far his words would travel. When he wrote this psalm so many years ago, whether he was sitting under the stars or whether he was having a bad day, but instead he was just focusing on the greatness of God, when he wrote these words down, I don't think he would know the impact that they would have for generations to come. For many, many years, the Israelites sang the psalms in worship at the temple. Jesus prayed the psalms throughout his life. For 2,000 years, the church has sung the psalms and has prayed them and used them as their prayer book. And in July of 1969, when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on the Sea of Tranquility. Many of you know that they, they planted the American flag there. But they also left an aluminum case with a little silicon disc inside of it. And the disc was entitled Goodwill Messages from Humanity. And on that disc, as you might have guessed, was Psalm 8. There resting today on the moon. And they put it there in hopes that all of creation, all of the cosmos might know how great our God is and that he is worthy to be praised. So let's praise him now. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you that you created us. 
that you care for us, that you are mindful of us. God, we thank you for the, the task you've entrusted us to care for creation and to care for one another. And God, we confess that, that so often we have failed at that. We've treated your creation like it doesn't matter. Like it's just one big garbage dump. We've treated other people like they're garbage. We've, we've told you we don't have time for you and we don't care about you. And yet, God, we give you thanks that you have never given up on us. That you have relentlessly pursued us and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, for us. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for that gift. And God, this week, we pray that you'd slow us down. Slow us down. Help us to marvel at who you are. God, from inside of our hearts, we pray that you would fill them with wonder and with praise so that out of our hearts and out of our mouths, we might express that praise to you. So God, we give you thanks, we give you praise, and we worship you now. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, now the ushers are going to receive this morning's offerings, and after they come by, we invite you to stand.